Good evening, everybody. You're very welcome to episode six of the Swinford Chats podcast with myself, Cahal Kelly. And myself, Tommy Stenson, of course, in association with the Gateway Hotel in Swinford. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome. This is our first podcast of the new year. 2021, unfortunately, so far, it did not like 2020, Tommy, isn't it? Uh, I think you were telling me the other day, what was the date, Kyle? Yes, I think I heard something yesterday, yesterday was the 35th of December, 2020. So I thought that they kind of, it shows you the mood of the nation out there at the moment. I think we had all hoped that magically uh, 2021 would kind of spring a a new dawn, but uh, look, unfortunately for another while yet, I suppose we have to go through the restrictions and uh, I suppose obviously scary numbers out at the moment, but we encourage everyone to stay safe. And uh, follow all the follow all the instructions. Uh, watch your hands, social distancing, etc. We all know the mantra by now, and we hope everyone is following them and uh, and keeping safe and well out there. Exactly, and uh, we've actually taken that on board because we are recording these podcasts remotely. We're uh, all in in separate places doing that. Uh, so I think the message is to stay at home and stay safe. And uh, of course, if you de- if you do need something, there are different people and different organisations there to help. I'm both myself and Tommy here. If anyone wants to. Contact us through the, the, the Swinford Chats uh, details on our website or through our email. Uh, we'd be happy to organise or help out anyone in any way we can. You may be away listening to this. And you may have someone at home that you just want them to get, get checked on or messages brought out. We can we, we can organise it confidentially and in a safe, uh, uh, in a safe COVID-19 uh, friendly way. So just be aware that, like, if you're if you're at home here in Swinford listening to us, or you're away and you have someone here in Swinford, you think that we may be able to help out. Please don't hesitate at all to to give us a shout. I think we're happy enough there, Tommy. Are we definitely? Yeah. So if anyone is in need, they can contact us and uh, confidentially, and we'll do what we can to help. Uh, Kahal, any New Year's resolutions for you? The usual few now, Tommy. I've given up the sweet. I've broken that one. Uh, given up the drink. I've broken that one. Giving up the cigarettes, I've broken that one. It's been a long start to the new year. It feels like uh, we're about six months into the new year already. But uh, I've uh, I've done a bit of exercise. I've stuck to that one. Now. Oh, that's a good. So that's I might, good I might as you said, it's uh, it's strange times, as you said there, when we're even doing the doing the podcast on the Zoom. So uh, you know, uh, it's easy it's easy to make the resolutions at the moment. But it's also easy to break them. Break How about them. yourself? Did you come up with any? Or... Well, Kyle, like you, I'm taking on a need little bit. anywhere, Tommy, would you? A little bit of walking, you know. And to be honest, the weather over the last couple of days has been lovely and crisp to go out for a nice morning walk. So I've definitely done that. And uh, yeah, I think I think we'll keep going with this podcast. That could be a resolution that we'll try and keep, Kyle. Exactly. Yeah, I do find that cold weather. You know, it can be uh, an easy excuse to to not go. You know, as you go, I'd be afraid I'd slip on the slip on the we'll foot. Actually, be telling you, Carl, a little bit later about the uh, Humber Challenge, the duathlon. So you never know. We we, we might take part in that virtually. Uh, I might just watch it virtually. You know, for the moment, you know, that, that could be a, an aspiration for 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 twenty. As like someone sent me a message that's in roll on twenty twenty two. You can really see uh, the how people are. Getting fed up with this year already, but sure, look, we'll we'll try and have a laugh about it. And as Tommy said, continue with the podcast, and uh, we hope you're enjoying them. And we'll bring you a bit of news and chat that we can from Swinford. We have some great, great plans and develop some great segments for the podcast throughout the year. And we'd ask you to bear with us. It's a bit difficult at the moment. We are constrained by the restrictions. So as Tommy said, even doing this by Zoom, so we can't chat to the many people that we hope to get to chat with. But as restrictions lift later throughout the year. We hope to bring you many of our local guests for a good chat.
So uh, on this week's uh, podcast, it's delighted to be uh, joined by local uh, businessman, local Swinford man, Alan Heaney. I was just chatting with Tommy there while we were researching the episode and I heard that there's a local man giving away loads of money. Uh, I saw a few pictures on social media over the Christmas and um, in the local news this week. So Alan, you're giving away how much? About 80,000 euro, is it? I'd, I'd, I'd love to say I'm giving it away, but to be fair, Cahal, uh, it was the contribution and the generosity of so many people. So all our followers and uh, donators and uh, farmers and family, friends and supporters uh, gave a total of about 84,000 euros to the cause. Which and was, Alan, uh, this is as a result of the big ultra cycle you did back there in August. Yes, so I think it was 1,900 kilometres over six days to the 32 counties of Ireland. Uh, so yeah, it was great. It was a uh, great, great fun, great crack. Lots of variations in the weather. I think on one day we woke up to floods, storms, turbulence, uh, winds, and then sunshine and sunburn. I think you remember that, Tommy, don't you? I definitely do. Now I was lucky; I wasn't out in it. I was in the front seat of a of a van. But uh, look, I don't know how you done it, but it's a real kind of physical, but also a mental challenge as well. Look, it's enjoyable, Cahill, and we only do it because we enjoy it and we're lucky enough that we're healthy enough and fit enough uh, and have the opportunity that we can do it and we're doing it for people that maybe they can't do it. So it's great to be able to support causes and local causes and uh, it was great then to get the uh, the following and get all those words of encouragement and enthusiasm and uh, and uh, all the well, 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 uh, good well wishes through Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So that's what kept us going. But um, there were long days. Um, I don't think I ever seen Tommy up as early in the morning. Not that I would ever be around his bed any morning. But uh, <laughs> did you not we see did, him uh, on the farm, Alan, out in Calasera so early in the morning before? I did, Tommy. But like that was a one-off. <laughs> we actually got to see you do it six days in a row, so it was good. And Carl, we get you out sometime too. I, I hear you. you will, I must say, I, morning. I know I commented myself, and a lot of people come to me that that week, Alan. That uh, you couldn't go on social media at any stage during the week without seeing you, which is great. I know that's what Tommy was involved in, was that aspect of publicising the actual, the actual show, which is what leaves a lot of the money being raised, that publicity. Cahal, we, we were lucky that, you know, it, it is a little bit unique, and um, uh, the weather was very eventful, and then the terrain was, was, was class, you know, the mountains, the valleys, the lakes, the scenery, and all the towns. And um, thankful to have Tommy and get all that footage and share it with people. That made it interesting. And then, I suppose, with so many different... Uh, uh, bands of weather uh, too and uh, and when you're cycling long hours in the day up at 6 in the morning to 9 or 10 at night and you're going through rain and dark and light and bright uh, it makes it interesting and then I suppose uh, we're in the middle of COVID uh, it was maybe a good news story um, it was for good causes and uh, once you get a bit of momentum you start sharing the footage people start following and they deserve to know what's happening then on an hourly basis and it was interesting and it was uh, it was unpredictable what's around the corner because the five or six guys we had on the team, as Tommy will explain, have all different and various personality profiles. So uh, Tommy can explain what he felt there, but like you have this degree of unpredictability, uh, but it's good. It means it makes it interesting and entertaining and you fun. Refer, you refer to the team there, Alan. It, it is very much a team effort from from all involved. Even I know back in Swinford, Carmel and Duane, you know, it would be there's a lot of jobs there in the background as well as the cyclists on the road. To be fair, Cahal, I'll say this, but not a, peop- a lot of people will understand. The cycling is probably the easiest part of it. Can you imagine driving 350 kilometres a day at 30 kilometres an hour 
in front of five or six cyclists and then banging on the side of the van saying, too fast, too slow, you know, too wet, too windy. It's very, very difficult to cycle it. And then to be preparing the food in advance. And also, even for Tommy and some of the drivers, Keith and Seamus, to be up that hour before us and to be tidying up after us. Like, there's a there's a not, an incredible amount of support. And then Carmel was at home on social media and Facebook. Joanne was keeping uh, the papers and... Uh, and, uh, uh, and and the the, uh, the 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 what do we call it? Um, the four charities keeping them abreast of the information. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people in the background. We were getting the fulfilment and we were getting the uh, the endorphins from actually doing the cycle. So it, it, it's easy cycling it. Now it's hard in one sense, but it was easy. But there was a lot of support. We had Martin Conlon driving there for six days in a row, and that's quite hard, Carl. You know what it's like to drive to Dublin and back, but imagine being asked to drive to Dublin and back, back to Dublin again at thirty kilometres an hour. And I suppose it, 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 you're bringing back great memories there, Alan. But it's, it's not just six days because there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. I know you were out on Sundays. You were gone all day on a Sunday. You were gone on Thursday evenings, as well as having a busy business life. You were also putting in a lot of training beforehand. And I know lots of Swinford people was out on those cycles as well with you. Yeah, so we have a, maybe about a six to eight week program and the idea is to condition the body and to get as many miles into the legs and to try and cycle then on a tired body and tired legs. So I'm busy enough with work. It's 60, 70 hours a week with work. I own my own business so and it's busy business. So I was trying to squeeze in the cycles maybe late on a Thursday night, early on a Friday morning and maybe Saturdays and Sundays and what we call back-to-back. And a back-to-back is where you just cycle on tired legs. And look, there's not enough hours in the day sometimes, but it is great to get up on the summer's morning at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock and get out on a bike with two or three guys, whether it be the lads from Bohola, Swinford, Tubbercurry, or lads from Ballina. It's amazing the amount of friends you'll find when you need bodies to get up and come out and do a few hours with you on the bike. Look, it's very, very enjoyable as well because we have a very scenic county, and I think we cycle every road in, in, in the county. So, look, there's a good bit of training preparation, but Colin, it's all, it's all, look, it's very enjoyable because you know, what keeps a lot of people going through these COVID times is the physical fitness and their mental well-being. And what better way to be out cycling early in the morning through the county of Mayo and Galway and Sligo when we're getting bored. I'll have to review my uh, New Year resolutions, Alan. But Alan, you mentioned the, the four charities there and look, it must be, you must be incredibly proud of yourself and all the team involved. Like to raise, I was saying to Tommy earlier on, to raise 20,000 for the four would have been an unbelievable achievement. But to be able to get four charities in and around 20,000 euro each I mean, is that where the motivation during the cycle comes? Is is that a driving force kind of to get to the end if you need it? Yeah, so I suppose everyone gears themselves up differently for the cycle. For me, I kind of have the cycle completed in my own mind when I get to the start line. And for me, then it's all about fundraising. So all I'm thinking is about fundraising. How are we going to raise money? How are we going to keep the awareness? How are we going to drive uh, the stories and, uh, and uh, the pictures and the scenery and the videos? just to keep the story churning because it, it's all about momentum. Yeah, look, we set a target, I think, for 25,000. And then within on one day, we moved that to 50 and then on to 75,000. And we finished off with 84,000. But after the deductions with GoFundMe, I think we're left with maybe 81 and a half. So we divided four separate ways, so it ended up with about 21 apiece. Look, it was great. I, I, was, I, was, I was overwhelmed with uh, the contribution from some people even locally in Swinford, there are some people that get such a a huge amount. Yeah, I think they really are, are fantastic, aren't they? It never, never ceases to amaze me, and have you seen this over the years, Alan and Tommy as well? The amount of money raised locally, Alan, for different causes 
it's, it, it really is something we'd all be very proud of, isn't it? Uh, people are very given, Cahal, uh, you know, and they always are, and they're very, very generous. And uh, I've seen it, and I've gone through all those donations one by one, and I've been flabbergasted with the amount some people have given, knowing that it has been, it's a lot for them personally. But uh, they did, in fair play, and I, I can't thank them all enough. So thousands of people that donated, and fair play, and it's been great, and we're delighted to represent the charities, we're delighted to represent the town, and the countryside, and we're delighted to have all local people involved as well. Oh, it really is. It's always a because I know obviously it wasn't the first cycle you've done, and it's always a massive positive uh, print on the town, and it's always great to see. Tell me, Alan, does it does it affect your love of cycling at all? Do you throw the bike away for a while afterwards, or do you get out again the following weekend? I get back on the bike, call as fast as I can. I'd say you cycle home from the gateway I, after. I, <laughs> the I would the week after would you believe it I, I went on that cycle but for peace and we the headed out cycle, yeah. yeah headed out there to Clifton I don't know were you out that day Carl? no I didn't uh, uh, we were meant to be more involved but then obviously with restrictions no I had no plans to do it don't get so, me I had no plans to do it either but I chatted to Kieran Campbell I said to go out and maybe stretch the legs but I tell you by the time I got back to Swin for that day and we kind of did the first half of the lads and then we said we'll have to move on and get home because it's going to be under pressure I was gone for six or seven days the week before I said, I can't be gone for a full day now. So we kind of decided, myself and Owen Gallagher and Aidan McLaughlin, we felt on a bit. That day was a disaster for us. We had the wind in our face the whole way from Lanan. And, you know, that's one of the days I nearly lost the love of cycling. It was a long, long way back to Swedford. And you had a wind in your face, loads of hills to Westport and Castlebar, and you're tired and you're hungry. But hey, you get over. It's all for a good cause. But it's gas. There's some little events that can catch you. And the ones that you least expect are the ones that trip you up. And while we were cycling to Stormellon down in Wexford and Waterford a week before, it was a cycling mayor that caught me physically and mentally and actually, you know, just said, geez, I think I might have enough of this. Right, and right. You'd be surprised where you can get caught out. Yeah. It's not the days you expect, it's the days you least expect. But no, I like cycling. It's great to get on a bike. It's great to get fresh air. It's great to meet people. It's very social. And I've met a lot of people in business and in, in, in a lot of, you know, that you won't find too many louches on a bike. You know, a lot of people out there are pretty motivated. Uh, they're, they're, they're very interesting people. And it's great conversation and it's great company. Now, I know you love being out on the bike, but you're also, uh, I, I always see out on the tractor as well. You're out busy farming. Carl has a bit of time on his hands now because the hotel, you know, the restrictions. What advice, you know, if I was to say to, to Carl to come out to Calasser to buy a piece of land, how would he start up his farm? What, what advice would you give him, Alan? Well, what I would like Carl to do is maybe look at the organic side of, uh, okay. of production. And I'd like maybe Carl and his chefs come out and let's look at maybe producing vegetables or having some sheep, we have some lamb, we have some beef, we have some milk, and we'll have a, a full organic side of the wing of the hotel call. Something different, something new, refreshing. I like, the, I, I like that idea more than Tommy's now. I like that I'd be eating the produce, Alan. Yeah, well, I was just <laughs> thinking maybe uh, we'd get you into the agronomy side, maybe the growing. Yeah. I think I'd get a nosebleed now if I went out to a few of the farms. I think it could be too far from town for me. You'd be all right, I'd find your way back anyway. That's it. But it's 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 funny. It's those kind of things that you know coming out of this that we need to be looking at for for the future of our town and area. Isn't it? You know what we can, what advantages we have, and using what you have, like cycling, like walking, like organic farming. Farming. You know, there's so many possibilities for people to get involved well, it's in. It's gas call. I'm preparing for an, a few ultra marathons at the moment, and I've had I've started a bit of training. And um, I cannot do a lot of road running because I have an issue with my hip flexor and my IT bands and my knees. So I have to stay off the road. 
But about three and a half kilometers from my house, I found a wood. And it's all up. And I'm now training in the wood. And the bottom of the wood is like a green mat of moss. And it's absolutely top class. And there's trails up there through the woods. And there's maybe about six or 700 uh, acres of woods untouched, three and a half kilometers from my house that I've never been in. And I've been four or five mornings now a week up in the woods running half marathons just to prepare myself for another event. And you wouldn't believe it. If we could just capture that package it, invest a little bit in it, it's on our doorstep. Three and a half kilometers from the house. Mm. We've often said the resources we have on our doorstep that we don't know about or we don't utilize. I remember a curry man that stays with me a couple of times a year telling me that they had a lake like Callow Lake a couple of miles outside the town in Kerry. It'd be huge. You know, it's just... It's those things, you know, I was just, just before we started chatting with yourself, Adam, I was saying to Tommy, you know, the wild Atlantic way, the success has been, it was always there. It just Absolutely. put up cycles, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's more stuff yeah. there we can tap into. I suppose you just need to be a little bit more creative and uh, get a few like-minded people maybe to just try and drive it on and make it happen. But um, I think that agri-tourism or that outdoor pursuits or that hill walking or forest trails or the old railway lines, that's where the future is for the West. Now, you run a very successful business as well, Alan. Tell me a little bit about that. So our business is in the the automatic and robotic feeding, milking and cleaning. So it's all automation, sensor technology and robotics for large farms. So essentially what we do is we're improving the production and the performance of the animals and reducing the labor for the farmer to allow the farmer to scale up with less labor and give him a lifestyle where he can have the freedom and the flexibility to go and watch his kids grow up and play football. So it's all about automation and robotics and sensor technology. I've I've seen uh, through my work filming and editing over the last number of years, I've seen some of the robotic milking. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, they should definitely check out the videos online. But it, it's just absolutely amazing. I suppose the way forward is artificial intelligence. It is, Tommy. Like farmers are getting busier and busier and busier. They're leaving very, very isolated lives. And a lot of times uh, they're, they're scaling up with less labor and they just get busier and busier, and it's impossible to do it. Now, they're having to run faster to stand still because of the market forces that drive milk price and beef price across the world. You know, the farmers today are only getting the price, the same price for milk today as they got 30 or 40 years ago. So they've been asked to become more efficient. They're asking to scale up and produce more and take less. So it's quite difficult to do that. So you can only do that if you can save labor because labor is very, very scarce, and skilled labor is non-existent. So... Yeah, we try and sell them automation and sell them services and solutions to scale up with less labor. And so, tell me, Alan, is it a totally, I'd imagine, again, speaking with my townie hat on here, Parman, you know, it's an industry that, you know, doesn't change much over the years. Is it hard to, to, to break into that? You're looking for a younger generation to kind of buy into the, the, the new technology as such, I suppose. Not really, uh, Cahal. Every man comes to a point in time where he says, is this worth it? What am I doing it for? Who's the fool? And they, they always come to a point, that moment of truth, where they realize, I'm now at my crossroads. My kids are almost grown up, and uh, I have no succession plan. And what am I going to do for the next 20 or 30 years? How am I going to continue what I'm doing but not killing myself? I'm getting older. My shoulders and my hips are getting sore. So they start to automate. And it is for everyone. A lot of the automation now is like buying a phone. You know, they're nearly self-explanatory. They don't come with an instruction guidelines or a booklet. You just... You know, they're all touchscreen. So there was a huge fear of the unknown. But I suppose over the last five or six years through meetings and events and open days and demonstrations and obviously customers buying products and getting good benefits out of them, 
people now are not afraid of the technology. And anyone from our youngest customer is probably about 18. Our oldest customer is probably in their mid to late 70s. And it's a Mayo lady from straight. Mm. So it's a Mayo lady would be the eldest uh, customer would have operating a robotic making machine. So... Uh, it would be my potential farm and wouldn't be a complete disaster. If I, put the uh, I think with your money and my feedback, <laughs> we could go a long way. <laughs> watch this space is, is what we need to say. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about my non-existent money and money again, Alan, a huge amount of money, over 80,000 to raise for four charities. A fantastic, a fantastic achievement. And we congratulate you once again and we look forward to following your, your next adventures which I'm sure are not too far away. Look, it's great to be able to do it, Cahal, and I feel young, um, and uh, I'll do it for as long as I can, Cahal. Well, very best luck with it, Alan, and thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Good night and goodbye. Time for some music now on the podcast, and we're joined this week by Orla Connolly, who definitely has a bright future ahead of her.
that a man can be kind and a father should stay. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast this week by Orla Connolly. So Orla, tell me a little bit about how you got into singing. I joined the Sun for Kyosis in 2016 and I went to weekly singing classes with Marianne Knight. And from then I went on to sing in local events like Ramblin' Houses in the Gateway. I also did some busking and some competitions. And tell me about some of the competitions, because um, I, I've seen recently you've got lots of trophies for them as well. Was that with SCORE? Yes, that was East Mayo and Mayo SCORE. And tell me a little bit about who you might listen to, or, or who do you kind of get inspiration from for your music? Um, some of my favourites are Mary Black, Simbar Fury and Loris Kane. And I suppose uh, your family too are quite musical because I know you sing a little bit with your uncle uh, Paddy, who uh, a lot of us will know. Uh, do you enjoy that? Yeah, I love singing with anyone in my family. And I suppose the last couple of months have been a little bit different because you've been off school and lockdown and things like that. But that has given you a bit more time to probably uh, practice your, your singing. Definitely. It gave me plenty of time to learn new songs. And I tried to put up as many new songs as I could on my Facebook and Instagram. So if people want to, you know, listen more to your music, how can they do that? Do you have an Instagram and Facebook page you mentioned there? Um, I have a Facebook, which is just Orla Connolly, and my Instagram is Orla Music. We've really enjoyed your first song. So here now is Orla Connolly singing Galway Bay. Tis far away I am today from scenes I roam boy and long ago the hour I know I first saw Illinois but time nor time nor washers white could wean my heart away forever true it flies to you my own dear Galway Bay Both grey and bleak By shore and creek The rugged rocks abound But sweeter green The grass between Than grows on Irish ground So friendships fond Beyond and love that lives always. Bless every home beside your foam, my own dear Galway Bay. Had I youth's blood and hopeful mood and a heart of fire once more. Tis all the gold the earth could hold I'd never leave your shore I'd be content with whatever God sent With neighbours old and grey And I'd lay my bones beneath churchyard stones Beside you Galway Bay the blessings of a poor old man 
night and day. The blessings of a lonely man whose heart will soon be clay. Tis all the heaven I ask of God upon my dying day. My soul to soar So it's time for our local news section of the podcast and uh, the Humber Challenge Virtual Duathlon takes place between January 8th and 10th, 2021 and offers an opportunity to experience the buzz of taking part in a duathlon. This promotion is open to anyone willing to run, jog, walk and cycle and is not just confined to members. A club league will commence in the new year once it is deemed safe to do so. Uh, track and send your uh, results to the Humber Challenge Facebook page. So that's something to look forward to if you want to get involved with that. And the uh, weekly spin for GEA 50-50 draw. There is no draw this week. The next draw will take place uh, next Tuesday, the 12th. Uh, envelopes can be got throughout the town. The GEA National Club draw tickets are also available from any club officers. Or you can check out the spin for GEA website for more news on their fundraising efforts there. And of course, uh, we were telling you before Christmas about the switch on of the Coolagrain lights. And if you did manage to get there before the 5K uh, restriction came in, uh, you would have seen that they were absolutely brilliant, as always, by Kevin down there in Coolagrain. And uh, all proceeds this year is going to the O'Dwyer Cheshire home in Bahola for the purchase of a minibus to transport the patients to their appointments. And uh, of course, if you weren't able to go and you weren't able to donate in person, uh, then you can check out a GoFundMe page under cooler grain lights and you'll be able to donate there so if you can uh, it's always a great cause to donate to the causes that kevin chooses there with the cooler grain lights so the swinford community lotto continues to grow despite my best efforts every week <laughs> it's a uh, it grows by 200 euro every week and the pink tickets are available out the town and uh, the proceeds are going towards uh, developing the immunity park uh, uh, here in town so those tickets can be found throughout the town and the next draw is next monday night so look out for those big pink tickets and of course, one of the last major events to take place before uh, the lockdown in March was the Mayo Association Ball in the Ballsbridge Hotel in Dublin. And that's actually going to be televised on uh, this coming Thursday evening at 7pm. So that's tonight at 7pm on Sky Channel 191. And uh, there's lots of familiar faces on there. Of course, there was many award winners from Swinford. So you can check that out tonight at 7pm on Sky Channel 191, repeated Saturday at 8pm. That's on Showcase TV on the iMayo TV show with Henry McGlade. So be sure to check that out. Lots of familiar faces. The Swinford Athletics Club draw will uh, recommence at the beginning of February. One thing myself and Tommy have often talked about with our guests since we started the podcast was the many uh, clubs and organisations that are active in our town and indeed throughout the area and we hope to shine a light on these clubs and organisations throughout the year and over the next coming weeks we'll have a person on from the clubs just to tell us about a bit what to do and their plans going forward. It's a tough time for other clubs but we know there's many, many people in the locality working hard, uh, offering fantastic services in sports in, and in many other sectors throughout the town and area so we look forward to bringing details and all that. I think there's actually over, which believe them, there's over between 40 to 50 Clubs wow. and organisations, I believe, when you when you list them all out. That's brilliant. There's something for everyone, as to say. All church services are, are now back online. So I think if you Google uh, Swinford Church Services, you can uh, link into the, the mass there 
in the church and um, hopefully anyone that wants to do that will be able to find that easily enough. And of course, if you do have something for our local news section, you can email us at swinfordchats at gmail.com or find us on all social media platforms. That brings us to an end of this week's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. As I said, it was an unusual one doing it over Zoom with Tommy down there in class or me bunked up here in the town, but uh, hopefully you all enjoyed it. Uh, so Tommy, you had a bit longer this time. It's been a couple of weeks since since I hit you with the last all this local knowledge I'm bringing yes. you with, Tommy. So there was a lot of debate over just, the Christmas table. And I asked you, the, you know, the, the famous incident in Swinford Church back in the 90s, which uh, you kindly reminded me was before you were born, mm. which uh, made me feel my age. But anyway, uh, did you find out what year that the, the crib famously went on fire in, in, in Swinford Church? I'm thinking it's 1992. You're spot on, Tommy. I'm right. Spot on. I don't know what your prize is, we'll figure that out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and again, thanks to everyone who uh, sent in the correct answers. It's it's great to get them in to our to our channels. And uh, so I was thinking again, you know, it's this really got me thinking. I know it's a popular, popular spot of the question I throw at Tommy. So I know I was walking around town there the other day and there's some uh, some lovely great spots downtown, some well historical spots. And uh, I was passing the procession of the souls. It's located there. I don't know you're familiar with it, Tommy. I know yeah, I do. Travis, Tommy being yeah. out the road there in class, so I'm trying to teach him all about town. But, yeah, uh, no, I remember it's a, great, a couple of years uh, ago. Yeah, a great installation there developed a few years back there in conjunction with Mayo County Council and the the Catholic University of uh, America. They're based in Washington. When a group of American students came over, uh, I remember they actually spent two weeks with us in July developing that spot. But. Uh, the reason and the, the pick that possession of the souls in there in, in what's known as the pauper's grave, located in there in behind what I would call the old tech, the vocational school there on the Dublin Road, is there's a, a very famous uh, doctor from Swinford in the mid-1800s. And um, he, what made him famous locally, I suppose, was his request that when he died that he'd be buried with the paupers, which you can imagine back in that time yeah. was just was unheard of for a man yeah. from, his, from his standing to, to be requested be buried with his, who he saw as his patients. Do you know what the name of that, who that, the name of the doctor, Tommy, who the possession of the souls is a, a I don't doctor. call, and to be honest, like if I wasn't born in 1992, I definitely wasn't <laughs> no, around. No, well, you definitely, <laughs> you definitely weren't born here, no, but it, it's nice to the local history and you'd have to go researching that now over yeah. there. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely spot to visit. I'd, uh, I'd recommend it to anyone if you're around town to take a stroll in there uh, off the Dublin Road to the possession of the souls and uh, very well maintained and looked after by Swinford Teddy Towns and, of course, the, mm. the local tools workers who do tremendous work throughout the town. So, uh, Well, I think on my walk the this week, then I'll have to uh, go there uh, and do a little bit of research. That's my uh, task for the week, maybe, Carl. That's it. No, that'll, it'll give you something to do. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I've, I've told you where the answer is. So I'm making it a bit easier for you. You know, I'm making it a bit easier for you. You know, yeah, so um, that's uh, this week's question. And if you know who I'm, the name of the person I'm talking to, please uh, feel free to send us in his name to our channels, our website, our uh, swinfordchats at gmail.com. And as Carl said there, if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, we'd love to hear from you and your feedback and your ideas for the podcast uh, going forward. So I suppose uh, until next week, all, uh, all that's left for us to do is uh, to say thank you for listening and uh, keep safe. <laughs>